Welcome to Her Leading Story, a podcast that will inspire you with stories from amazing female leaders and give you some ideas to help you design a life and a career that's perfect for you. It's totally doable, and the good news is that you'll have me and our community of leading women by your side every single step of the way. Let's get started. I'm your host, Julie Artis, and this is Her Leading Story. Welcome back to Her Leading Story. I'm so glad to be back with you this week, and I am heartened by signs of spring even here in Chicago. Today, I'm just going to be solo, and what I want to talk about is something I think we don't talk about enough. I want to talk about anxiety at work something I think we should discuss more. We don't discuss enough. There was a recent Fast Company piece on the quote-unquote Sunday scaries about people getting anxious on Sundays about and looking, you know, toward the work week. And, you know, there were actually some really good tips in that article, like making sure you're finishing up on little tasks that may not have been done, having something to look forward to in the week, And they even suggested doing some journaling. I also really appreciated that at the end of this article, they talked about sometimes how it's normal to feel anxious. For example, if you have a boss or a colleague who treats you unfairly or unjustly or is just being an asshole... You know, going to work may bring up feelings of anxiety and fear, and it may not be something that can be mitigated or addressed with journaling. In general, I think we should be talking more about feelings and emotions at work. Today, I'm choosing to focus on anxiety, both because I think we're at a particular moment in our culture where there is a lot of instability, fear, and anxiety in general, and also that it's often been the case that mm, we felt like we couldn't really bring our emotions to work. So as a sociologist, let me just take a moment to talk a little bit about this idea that things that are personal, emotional, familial are separate from work, being logical, producing things. This is a very 19th century idea that developed around the time of industrialization that was lauded by middle-class Victorians. Women stayed at home and took care of the kids in the home and and all of that, and men went, quote-unquote, out to work. And this arrangement in at least middle-class white you know, Europe and America reached kind of a peak in the 50s when it was sort of lauded as like the one true way to organize society and raise a family. And, you know, beginning in the 60s and 70s, activists and feminists and scholars began writing about how this is a false dichotomy, this separation between work and home, and the one I want to talk about today, which is the separation between logic and emotion, right? And that it's 
as humans, we have one human experience. We are not a human that has a, a particular personality that's at home and a personality that's at work. Although, actually, I think a lot of us have been socialized and trained to be that way to our detriment, which just creates more anxiety and difficulties down the line. The culture of a lot of workplaces still clings to this idea that showing negative or difficult emotions at work is unacceptable, or maybe that like a little bit of emotion is okay. And I'm mainly talking about negative emotions like fear, anger, and anxiety. But it's not really acceptable to have a full-on crying jag in the middle of work. It's not really okay to have a temper tantrum at work either. And especially for women, demonstrating emotions like anger or frustration can be fraught with a ton of judgment. You know, you're just too much. You're too emotional. Why are you so angry all the time? You're such a bitch. Oh, just suck it up, right? And I do think that we have made some strides in the last decade or two toward a workplace that is more accepting of the wide variety of human experience, that understands that people are full human beings, at least in some sectors. But in the current day, also consider that it's just normal to feel anxious and fearful, given what our society is dealing with. So we have this financial situation where inflation is high, but these large banks are starting to melt down. And are we going into a recession again? We are still coming out of COVID with the long-term effects of that being devastating for a number of people who have not just lost people among family and friends, but who themselves may have ongoing health issues because of this. There's, of course, political division and fighting and news misinformation. Our rights are being repealed and challenged. I really, really started feeling the effects of losing it myself when Roe v. Wade was repealed last year and also when the implications of that became more and more clear as particular states started to roll back their laws about the access to abortion and bodily autonomy. We are also seeing dehumanization of different groups, gay people, trans people, drag queens, and their families in various states, most notably Florida and Texas. We have a war going on in Ukraine and Russia. What's going on with China and Putin? There are these massive tech sector layoffs. The rain in California and the extreme weather events that we're having are clearly a result of climate change that is not reversing and is going to be devastating. All of my friends and family, to a certain extent, even though they feel like things are back to normal and we are back to work as usual, 
we're all just feeling the weight of what we've been through and where we're at right now. And for those of us that are back to work in person, maybe working from home some of the time, it really doesn't feel like things are quote unquote back to normal as much as some would like to think that it is. People are scared, they're depressed, they're anxious, they're burnt out, angry, frustrated, grieving. Some are numbed out just because it's their reaction to what is so overwhelming and unstable. So why do I bring this up on a podcast that is about women and leadership that is titled Her Leading Story? I want to share a little bit in this episode and probably in some future ones about my own experience being a leader at this moment in my work, also having been a leader as somebody who tends to experience anxiety myself. It's really, really important now more than ever to get educated and tune in to what's going on in your central nervous system. Learn about it, understand what activates you, and figure out the tools, practices, and routines that personally work best for you in order to regulate your system more. And I'm going to tell you a little bit about what I have been trying to do or trying to work on in the most recent months. I also think it's incredibly important for people that are having really hard feelings right now to work with a mental health professional if you have access to one and need one as a first line of resource to support you. Yes, I am prone to a fair amount of anxiety. I worry about all kinds of things. I have had a history of worrying about small illnesses becoming larger illnesses. I joke a lot about not being able to sleep on airplanes because I'm very, very busy paying attention and making sure they stay in the air. I'm anxious about my kids and where where are they and what are they doing. I have learned over the years with the help of an amazing therapist to deal with a lot of this and have learned some of the way that I operate in the world is normal and some of the way is not. And, you know, and I've worked directly with her and my doctors in order to get myself to a place where I am not totally looking at the world as something that is threatening 100% of the time. But I, I've honestly found over the last two or three years that it's been a little more difficult for me to stay regulated, to stay okay, to not be hyper, hyper vigilant. So here are some of the things that I have done, and I encourage you to not just do what I do, but really think through and experiment with what works best for you. The first thing I did was after a little bit of a break, I got back into therapy about a year ago. We just meet a couple times a month, but I feel like touching base with my therapist who I've known for a really long time who first diagnosed me with an anxiety disorder has been incredibly helpful. I think learning through this coaching training that I'm doing about neuroscience and 
deep relaxation techniques and practicing them on myself has given me this huge bag of tools that I can experiment with and try in different situations to see how they help me. And of course, I'm also sharing them as much as I can with others. At work, I've been trying to incorporate some calming practices throughout the day. In other words, trying to empty out my stress bucket instead of just pushing through so that I can remain centered and not arrive home exhausted, depleted, and, you know, just wanting to eat for comfort. Sometimes this is just if I'm in the office closing my eyes for five minutes or 10 minutes and closing my office door, which I'm very privileged to have. Other times, if the weather's nice, it's just going for a walk around the block for a break. Other times, it's calling a friend or a colleague and just touching base and getting some human connection. I've also been working on spending time with people who fill me up, really understanding who I can be around and who makes me feel good and safe and spending as much time with those people as possible. I am constantly reminding myself that I'm human and I'm trying to learn how to give myself grace and forgiveness. And this is sometimes really hard because as a human, you know, we make mistakes or do things we aren't super proud of all the time. And I can be really judgy on myself, way more judgy than I am on other people. And I think the most important thing for me through all this is to work on being kind to myself. That's what it boils down to. Yeah, being kind to myself. I also work on remembering that people, for the most part, are doing the best they can, that they're human too, and to give them as much grace as possible. This is also not easy for me to do sometimes, <laughs> um, especially if it's something that really negatively affects me personally or, you know, affects me at work. I can be kind of judgy and that voice of kind of like, get it together, do your job. But honestly, all the times I don't know what other people are going through, right? I don't know what they're experiencing. Just like I share some of this with my colleagues, but I don't really share all of this. So hi, colleagues, if you're listening, I'm anxious a lot of the time. <laughs> you know, all of these suggestions are just ways that you can address feelings of real exhaustion, anxiety, and burnout yourself. And to encourage you to reach out if you need to, to a mental health professional to support you if you're really feeling this deeply. And most of the mental health professionals that I know feel like the whole world is going through this. <laughs> they are seeing more and more people in their offices struggling with the amount of social economic and cultural instability that we've experienced over the last five years. I also feel like as part of my work as a coach for women who want a better work 
and life balance, who are interested in a career transition, who are looking for meaningful work. One of the things that I want to do is be very transparent that my life and my experiences have not been perfect on paper and in reality, okay. I've achieved a fair number of things, but I also have experienced a lot of things and can really empathize with and relate to women who are trying to keep it all together and at the same time feel inside like, what the hell is wrong with me? I recently had a friend who I was having happy hour with and I was dropping her off and she's kind of going through a job transition herself right now. And as I was dropping her off, she was lamenting the kind of uncertainty her career is in right now and saying, like, I don't really feel like dealing with this. And I just look at you and everything you're doing with the podcast and your business and your work. And I just feel like, God, Julie's just got it going on. And I remember just looking at her, this is a really good friend, and saying, but you know I'm really fucked up, right? And we both just died laughing. <laughs> and I think, I think this is why I wanted to share this in my podcast. Not to tell you all the dirty details of my life, but to share in a very real way with you what I think a lot of us are going through right now. And that I am figuring out for myself how I can navigate and manage that. And I'm also want to be here to help others figure out how to navigate and manage that. Specifically, in the next week, on Monday, March 27th, I am doing a workshop. Now, this is a workshop about anxiety in a way. It's about people who feel anxiety about public speaking. I'm going to be talking about some of the calming tools and techniques that I would use if you feel really activated by public speaking which I have at different points in my life in different situations and how I figured that out, but also how you can change that for yourself. So I just wanted to leave that here as a reminder. I'll put a link in the show notes. I would love for you to join this workshop, even if your anxiety has to do with something else and you just want to hear more about the tools and techniques that I think can really, really help if you feel nervous in reaction to some sort of activity that you are scared to do, right? It could be public speaking, but it also could be having a difficult conversation, having a vulnerable conversation with a partner, asking your boss for a raise. Anyway, email me. My email's in the show notes. If you have any questions about that, I would love for you to join me. If you listen to this podcast after March 27th, 2023, email me if you want some support around this and I'll tell you what I'm up to at the time. My mission with this podcast and with my fledgling business is to empower women to live the lives that they want, to empower women to lead, and to change the world by getting more women into positions of power and influence in the world. And if I can have just a drop, just one little drop 
of helping in that arena, then all of this work and everything I'm doing is all worth it. I'm so excited that you joined me this week. Thank you for listening. And I'll see you next week. And that's a wrap on this episode of Her Leading Story. If you love this episode, please help me reach more women by leaving a review wherever you're listening. Thank you so much for being here and I'll see you next week.